0: recorded words this is before the the wreck he said it is a grand thing to rally people to the cross of christ those were his last recorded words now one of evangelist Shaw's best known hymns goes like this sowing in the morning sowing seeds of kindness sowing in the noontime and the dewy eve waiting for the harvest and the time of reaping. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. And so this beloved hymn written four years before Mr. Shaw died, this beloved hymn was really Shaw's life story wasn't it when you think of it it was his life story and it's interesting also that it was our savior's life story as well because jesus said the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost bringing in the sheaves speaks of an exciting time the joys of the spiritual harvest And harvest time has always been a time of excitement and joy, especially if it was a big harvest. Now, it seems to me that many Christians only see the joy of heaven. Somehow they miss out on the joy of the harvest. And my hope and my prayer and my encouragement for all the Christians at Grace Baptist Church, those gathered here today, and those watching over the internet And those who will be watching later, they may be at work and they'll watch the the message later. Is this, don't miss the joy of the harvest time. Don't think that the only joy waiting for you is when you get to heaven. Yes, there'll be joy there, but don't miss out on the joy of the harvest. You see, November is Missions Conference, it's Missions Month, if you will, and today, we want to talk about rejoicing together at harvest time. So let's begin with a word of prayer. Our heavenly father, we ask that your Holy spirit now would take the words of scripture and these few thoughts that I might offer and help us all to get on the same bandwagon and help us all to realize there really is a joy in the harvest fields Help us to see that. Help us not to miss it. Lord, help every one of your people here at this little local church, Grace Baptist Church, to realize and experience the joy of the harvest time. Let us rejoice together, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, in John chapter 4, we have the familiar story. We know it as the woman at the well. It's the Samaritan woman who came out around midday, and there was Jesus waiting at the well. And the story ensues how that, you know, he asks her something to drink, and she notices that he's a Jew, and they get into this conversation, and it's wonderful. Finally, he reveals himself as the Messiah. And so here he is, busy leading this woman to salvation, which ended up in her city, the town there getting saved and what a harvest that would be. Can you imagine if all of Surrey got saved? Huh? Those of you who work in Surrey, you live in Surrey, your next door neighbor loves the Lord. Wow. Now last night was Halloween pop, pop, bang, bang time. And they spent more on, fireworks than ever before because from what i understand this is their last year to be able to purchase and use fireworks now that may be so we'll find out but there was a lot of pop pop bang bang last night we didn't see anyone going door to door in costumes where we live but we sure heard the the thunder and the roar and of the cannons as they fired these things up into the air oh and we watched the blue moon too how many saw the blue moon last night A few of us, they call it a blue moon because it's when you get two full bright moons twice in one month. It's called blue moon. That's why the expression, oh, that, that, that only happens once every blue moon, because these things take long, long decades, decades before you ever get another one. We had one last night. Well, the Lord Jesus here led the Samaritan woman to To himself, she got saved and she influenced her town to come out and the town got saved. And that is a harvest. And that's something to be excited about. Now look in verse 34, he says uh, unto his disciples, my meat, meaning his food, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. That's the father's will and to finish his work. And so here in this verse, we learn something important that the heavenly father's work is all about getting people saved. There's lots of work to be done and lots of folks, I think will come to Christ and we can be involved with that in this harvest business. Now verse 35, he says to his disciples, say not ye, there are yet four months and then cometh harvest. And so uh, quite possibly, this is in the earlier portion of the, the Jewish year, sort of the rainy season, perhaps. I don't think it was raining that particular day, but in the Jewish calendar, four more months, and then cometh harvest. And so they were just about getting ready, maybe, to start to uh, uh, cultivate their fields and then get the seed out there. He says, four months, then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are all are white already to harvest." Now, someone once suggested that when Jesus said that, the disciples looked up, and all of the Samaritans, the city of that the, the Samaritan woman was in, all of the townsfolk dressed in in white were coming out to meet Jesus. And this may have happened. We'll find out when we get to heaven, but what an effect that would have been, huh? If Jesus had said to his disciples, lift up your eyes, take a look, boys. He says, the fields are white already to harvest. And they look up and there's all these white robed Samaritans coming toward them. Wouldn't that be exciting? And, but here we learned that the spiritual harvest fields are always ready for a harvest. You don't have to wait for months. You don't have to wait for years Because it's right now. The harvest fields are ready right now. You say, then why aren't we seeing more people in Surrey getting saved? Maybe because we don't have enough reapers and sowers. Maybe that's one reason. But look here in verse 36. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth, may rejoice together. And that's what we learned the sower and the reaper. They're involved with the father's work. And when the harvest time comes, they both rejoice together. The sower was out there before the reaper got out there. The reaper got out there and he was the one that brings in the sheaves, but he couldn't have done it without the sower. They both rejoice together. Now, who are these people that sow and who are these people that reap? Now, no doubt in some farming communities on some farms, it ends up being the same person. The same guy who goes out to do the sowing is the same guy who later goes out to do the reaping. But I think more often than not, they're different people. Why is that pastor? Verse 37. And herein is that saying true. One soweth and another reapeth. Now, many times we're out there and we're sowing the seed in the lives of people whom we will never be able to lead to Christ, but we're sowing the seeds into their hearts and lives. And then later someone else comes along and reaps the harvest. We sowed the seed, but we didn't get a chance to do any reaping. Someone else came along and found this person ready to be saved and led them to Christ. But likewise, there will be other people sowing seeds of the gospel into people's hearts, and those people will never get the chance to lead these lost sinners to Christ. And we come along and find that the work's all been done and they're ready to be saved, and we lead them to Jesus Christ. You see how it works? Sometimes we're the sower, sometimes we're the reaper. But the sowing process, And this is important for us. Very important. Please don't miss this. The sowing process also involves other support groups of people. It's not just purely a matter of taking a handful of seed and throwing it out there in the field. No. I'll give you an example. Someone has to supply the seed. Someone has to package it together for the sower. Where does the sower get his seed from now in our context, the seed is the word of God. And so there needs to be a a support infrastructure, some kind of printing ministry that will put together the seed, the gospel tracts and the Bibles and the Bible study booklets and the Gospels of John and Romans, there's a support structure required there. And this is usually a Christian printing company. But secondly, we need people to train the sowers. Someone signs up to be a sower. I'd like to sow seed. Good. Have you ever done it before? No. Do you know how to do it? No. All right. Well, we'll train you. Usually it ends up being the local church here at this local church. We have a training program Twice a year, spring and fall, we have Soul Winners Academy. Now, COVID has really thrown a ripple in everything. And so we haven't been able to do what we normally do this year. But we did have a Soul Winners Academy refresh, five Saturday program. And I'm so happy to say we had a lot of people here and they were here for all of the, uh, the, the lessons and they will receive certificates for that. It was a great refreshing time together. We had some new people as well sign up and and that's the way it ought to be. And by the way, a little uh, mention here is that if uh, any of you here today or any of you watching on the internet, if you were part of Soul Winners Academy and you somehow missed one of your five lessons, you have to make up that lesson. Now we have them recorded, but you have to come in and sit and watch it. Okay? So you've got to make up any lost lesson before you get your certificate. If you don't have all five lessons done, we can't give you a certificate. Does that make sense? Yes. So there you go. little announcement there, little warning, but we we need people that will train the sowers. And then more than that, we need people who will prepare the soil. Because remember, before you start throwing the seed at the soil, the soil needs to be cultivated, needs to be broken up. Got to get the rocks out. You've got to get the weeds out. You've got to get the soil right and this usually in our in our purpose in our case it usually means the prayer warriors and the prayer warriors are praying for the for the hardened hearts of these lost sinners and the church is carefully training the sowers and providing the seed and now the sower can go forth to sow do you understand there's a support structure involved all this is all part of the sowing but in our illustration, right now, up to this point in our little illustration, we still don't have a harvest. We don't have anyone getting saved in, in this little illustration, and this is where the reapers come in. And for the purpose of this illustration, the reapers are the missionaries. These are the ones who oftentimes are doing the sowing and the reaping as well. But missionaries, at least the ones that we are, we are supporting. These are gospel preaching, soul winning missionaries. I've told you this many times. The concept of missions has changed in this modern world, and so many churches now have, have moved and changed their position on missions and now missions just means sending your young people off to some foreign country for a week or two and letting them experience the food and the, uh, uh, the culture and the water and the the people and coming back and telling us all about it for others. Missions involves uh, sending out people who will help, Uh, plant corn and help build outhouses and, and help paint buildings. And they call that missions. And none of that has anything to do with gospel preaching missions. Missions is sending a God called God trained missionary, preferably into places where the gospel has not yet been preached. And they preach the gospel. They get people saved. They start churches. They train the locals then they move on to another area of field. That is usually the footprint we follow. Now our church supports a lot of missionaries, but we also support support work as well. We support beams, beams, uh, Bibles. We support them. That's support work. We support fellowship track league. That's all support work. And I'm hoping that our church will agree to take on the support of our sister Roman because she comes in as support work to the missionaries. In this case, she's going to work with love groves down uh, in Ethiopia. And so more on that later, but sowing reaping. Now I want to suggest to you that the sowing is going to be the church us. And the reaping is going to be the missionaries. And we need both the sowers and the reapers in order to get a harvest. You cannot eliminate one or the other. You must have both. Every local church that takes a healthy part in supporting gospel preaching, soul winning missionaries is like a sower. This church, Grace Baptist church is like a sower because we're supporting the missionaries So that he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. That's the rejoicing I'm talking about today. He that soweth. That that means those that are involved with faith promise giving to support missionaries. That's how we do it here in this church. We've done it this way for many years and God has blessed it over and over and over again. Those in this church, Grace Baptist Church, that get on the bandwagon and help us to support gospel preaching, soul winning missionaries. You are the, you are the sowers, those missionaries out there. Those are the reapers. And there is a harvest waiting to be reaped. There really is. Now, as you know, up until COVID-19 hit the world, our missionaries were writing in letters every three months, sometimes every two months. And they're reporting the number of souls they've seen saved. And in a year's time, we add it all up. And approximately a thousand people are making profession of faith for Jesus Christ every year because of the missionaries that this church is supporting. Isn't that worth an amen? there's a lot of folk that are getting saved and we're going to meet them in heaven and they're going to shake our hand. They won't want to worry about COVID restrictions in heaven. They're going to shake our hand and say, thank you for supporting that, that missionary. That's how I got saved. We're going to meet a lot of people. Oh, there's going to be great rejoicing on earth, but greater rejoicing still up in heaven. And so, That's quite a harvest, but I find that even with COVID-19, we're still getting letters in from our missionaries telling us of souls that are receiving Jesus Christ as savior, even during COVID times. That's good news folks. Now the third verse in evangelist Shaw's hymn says, going forth with weeping, sowing for the master, though the loss sustained our spirit often grieves. When our weeping's over, he will bid us welcome. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. Boy, I love that hymn. The truth is that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. There is a rejoicing together. For those that are involved in sowing and those that are involved in reaping. Oh, when I read about this fellow Knowles Shaw and how he had led to Christ and baptized over 11,000 people. My heart just melted and I said, oh Lord, I wish I could be that man. Wouldn't you love to be used of God to help 11,000 people come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Can you imagine that? It just seems there's not too many that get used like that. D.L. Moody was used, they say, to lead a million souls to Christ in his lifetime. The evangelist Billy Sunday, again, they estimate a million souls were led to Christ through his preaching and ministry. Now, we don't know for sure, only God knows for sure. But look, let's for a moment now consider, let's look at the statistics of our own missions ministry right here at Grace Baptist Church. Let's just take a minute and look at it. One year ago, 12 months ago, before our last missions conference here at GBC, we supported 77 missionaries. That's how many missionaries we've supported. Over the last 12 months, this is taking into account the hiccup of covid how things kind of were put on the back burner for months. But over these last 12 months, we took on the support for 13 new missionaries. That's great, isn't it? It sure is. However, we've also lost four missionaries for various reasons. That means that at this point right now, as I'm preaching this sermon our church supports 86 gospel preaching, soul-winning missionaries, and we support each one at $100 per month, meaning that we are sending out $8,600 every month for their support. Now, over these last 12 months, we have given a total of 141818 dollars and 95 cents. Now, I'm not sure if you can turn around and look at the back wall, but we put all of the figures up there. If you're able to turn around and look, you see this little picture here represents how much we pledged. We pledged $167,000 for the 12 months, but we took in $141,818. Is a difference of about $25,000. You might ask, Pastor, what happened to that $25,000? My answer is, I don't know. All I know is what happened to my own faith promise giving. My faith promise giving went in the when it was supposed to, and it went where it was supposed to, to go to. I don't know what happened to the other cards, because all of the cards, every single card that we got in is put up on that wall back there. And somewhere in the mix of those cards is $25,000 gone missing. Now, nobody stole it. No one came in the church and took the money. The money never came into the church. That's what I'm saying. It stayed in people's wallets. They said they were going to give it and they didn't give it. That's all I know. However, we did pretty good still. We did pretty good as a little local church. Now, this means that we gave, and I'll ask you to turn back once again. I know it's hard to turn around and look, but the line at the top represents what we had pledged to give, 13000 and I think $900. So that's where the line was. And we had one month below, one month above, two months below. This one was just above. Do you get it? So six six of the months were above, six of the months were below. And this is what we averaged, $11,818.25 per month. That's what we averaged. All right, you can turn back now. We support our own Bible college, Pacific West Baptist College, for $500 a month. So if we were to subtract $500 a month off of that figure of $11,818.25, we would come up with a net figure of $11,318.25. Now, what does that mean, you say? It means we could be supporting 113 missionaries right now. How many do we support? Anyone remember? 86. But according to those figures, we could be supporting 113 missionaries. That's unheard of for a little church this size maybe for a large church of 500 people or thousand people, maybe, but it's unheard of for a little church, our size to do something like that. You say, then how are we doing it? The grace of God, the blessing and grace of God. I get excited. Every time I look at those figures and those, those charts and things like that, man, I get excited because it translates into lost souls getting saved. It translates into a harvest It means bringing in the sheaves. Ah, listen, both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Now, right at this moment, we support 86 missionaries. The bottom line is we have each month an excess of $2,718 of seed money coming in. This means that we have an over accumulation of seed in the barn that must get out into the fields where it was meant to be. In other words, we must take on the support of more missionaries. That's the bottom line here. We must do it. God has given us the seed and we must get it out of the barn and into the the harvest fields where it's needed and there are a lot of missionaries that are looking and needing support now you take for example our own dear sister roman now her plan we didn't share this before but her plan is to go to ethiopia for a 6 month tour we're calling it a survey trip and i asked her roman how much do you figure you're going to need and she said well I'm going to need about $300 a month to help me to cover food and housing. And so I took that figure to the deacons and the deacons made a decision that we would recommend $500 a month. Now, cost of living is a little different in Ethiopia than it is here in Surrey, BC. So she doesn't need tens of thousand of dollars a month, but she does need something. And so this is what I want you to be praying about and asking the Lord about. You've got 2 weeks to do it is to support Roman for the next 6 months for $500 a month. That's $3000 investment so she can be there, make it a survey trip, learn everything she possibly can from the missionary Lovegrove because when she comes back, she's going to work with the mission board called Baptist missions to forgotten people. They've been around a long time. They got a lot of missionaries and it's a real knit family is what it is of missionaries. And they love their missionaries and they support them tremendously. And this is the mission board that she'll be working with. And it just so happens. We as a church support the Canadian representative for Baptist missions to forgotten people. Does anyone remember his name? Brian. Teason, He's up there on the wall. He himself was a missionary. Uh, no, he was a pastor. Now he's a missions director. And praise God, he's a good one. And so we support them already. So it's a wonderful fit. Now, um, once she comes back and she goes on the proper deputation trail, she's going to be going church to church. She's going to need to raise more support. And then when that's done, then she goes back to Ethiopia permanently. So that's where things are at. So we want you to be praying every day for her and be praying because in two weeks, we want to get all of the the votes in every voting member in this church needs to, to cast a vote. Well, if we were to take on the support of Roman for $500 a month, What would that do to our excess we have coming in every month? It means we would still have over $2,200 excess coming in every month. This means we could literally take on the support of 20 more missionaries right this moment. Like that. We could do it. Now, listen, that's the theory. In reality, though, I want you to know right up front in the course of this year, we've had people move away. They won't be renewing their faith promise come the end of this month. And my guess is that there will be a thousand to maybe $2,000 a month that we will not see come in because people have moved away. They were actively involved with faith promise. Now they'll be actively involved in the churches where they'll be now that they've moved away. So we're not saying, Oh, look at all the money. No one has to do anything. That's not reality. Reality is when people leave, they leave a void. The void has to be filled and we can do it. Folks say, how do you know? Look what God has done over the years. The miracle that God has already done. He will continue what he started. God will continue it. That's his promise in the scriptures. This is an exciting problem to have. Man, we could take on 20 more missionaries right now. Whoa, that's an exciting problem to have. But we must solve the problem. We must solve the problem. The seed sowers are the local churches. The reapers are the missionaries. Listen, it's something like holding the ropes so that the missionaries can go down into the pit to rescue the perishing. And us churches made up of godly people, we're holding the ropes through our prayers and our faith promise offerings every week, every month. We're holding the ropes. William Carey is considered by many to be the father of modern day missions. He himself was a missionary. He went to India in 1793. Before Kerry left England and went to India, he got, a, he got alone with his friend, his preacher friend, Andrew Fuller. Andrew Fuller was a English Baptist preacher and a theologian. And Carry said to Fuller, he said to him, Fuller, I'll go down into the pit if you will hold the ropes. And then Carey went off to India. Fuller agreed to hold the ropes by serving as the first president of the brand new Baptist Mission Society. And he held that position for the next 20 years, 21 years until his death in 1815 at 61 years of age. Fuller held those ropes by traveling all over the British Isles, preaching and raising funds and talking about missions and missions-related sermons. And this meant that the missionaries in India and Sierra Leone and, and Sri Lanka and Jamaica, these missionaries could now concentrate on their ministries because they knew that Fuller was holding the ropes back home. Listen, Grace Baptist Church is doing the best it can to hold the ropes for the missionaries. We are doing the best we can, but we can't do it alone. Who will help us to hold the ropes? You see, this is the bottom line, isn't it? I'm asking if you will make a point to join us at the upcoming missions conference. It'll be the last week of November. It'll start on a Wednesday. There'll be meetings on... Every night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. There'll be a meeting on Saturday afternoon. And there'll be a meeting on Sunday, both morning and evening. We have the guest speaker, Brother Jake Friesen. He's with Canamera Baptist Missions. He's, he's going to come, him and his wife. He'll be our guest keynote speaker. Every night, you'll get to meet different missionaries via the internet. You'll see them. You'll hear them. Their testimonies. You'll get to know them. And I'm asking if you would make a point to come and to be here and to put away the TV and put away other interests for those couple of days and be here and catch a vision. Cause here, this is where you're going to catch the vision is when you come, come and catch the vision, come and catch the burden for these countries, these mission fields, harvest fields, Teeming with lost souls waiting for the missionary God has in mind. I'm wondering if you would make that commitment even today and pray and say, Lord, by your grace, I will be here at the missions conference. We're going to have a new theme. We're going to be doing things a little differently with COVID, but it's going to be an exciting time. And we have several missionaries that I want you to meet. You know, There's no joy like the joy that comes at the spiritual harvest time. There's no joy like it. And we're not the only ones rejoicing. All of heaven rejoices. Because Jesus said in Luke chapter 15, likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. So there's joy not only on earth, but there is tremendous joy in heaven when a lost person gets saved. Folks, this may be our last chance before Jesus comes back. This may be our last opportunity to give our last big push to reach the world through missionaries. We're the sowers. They're the reapers. We're holding the ropes. They're going down over the pit. Listen, brothers, sisters, these missionaries are the ones, these missionaries, the ones we now support and the ones we will be supporting in the, in the very near future. These missionaries are giving their lives to go to places where we can't go to our church. Just can't get up and go to some places. This is where our church is. This is our harvest field, our mission field. We can't get around the world, but the missionaries can and they go in our place and they'll do what we want them to do to reach souls with the gospel. Is it too much to ask that you help hold the ropes? Is that too much to ask? And you watching at home, is that too much to ask that you help us hold the ropes? Won't you get involved? Won't you pray and say, Lord, how do you want me to help? What do you want me to give? Because listen, I can promise you this, that if you will get involved, help us hold the ropes. If you will get involved, you honestly will share in the reaping time. The joy, both he that soweth and he that reapeth, may rejoice together. Oh, listen, there's a wonderful, wonderful time of rejoicing in in the harvest time. I'm wondering if possibly God may be talking to any heart here today. Maybe you've thought about it. Maybe you've put the idea out of your mind. I'm not sure. But has God been talking to you, calling you to be a missionary? To go to the mission field. He's obviously spoken to our dear sister Roman. And called her. To be a a missionary. In Ethiopia. I'm wondering if there's anyone here. In whose heart. God is working. And you've felt this. You've felt God talk to you. Well if so. If so. You need to get trained. You need to get involved with our Bible college. And get trained. And you can get trained with an emphasis on missions too. Did you know that? The Bible college will teach you all of the theological grounding you need. And a lot of other practical things. And will guide you in the area of missions. So I want you to think about that. And of course possibly. Perhaps you're here today. And somehow you're the one in need of being rescued or perhaps you're watching over the internet and you need rescuing from the power of sin and the power of sinful habits and the power of death and the power of hell. And you need to be rescued. Well, come to Jesus. He's the rescuer. And that's all the missionaries can do is to, point people in the direction of jesus if you're here and you're not saved would you come to jesus today would you bow your head please let's have a word of prayer together i'm going to pray in just a moment with your heads bowed and your eyes closed please no one looking around but if god has been touching your heart and working in your heart in this area of holding the ropes and you feel you want to get involved. Or maybe you have been involved. And you want to continue to be involved. You want to help us hold the rope. So that missionaries can win souls. Would you slip your hand up so that I can see. Slip your hand up right now. Pastor I want to be involved in faith promise. Giving and missions. Here's my hand. Raise your hand if that's how God has touched your heart. God bless you. you can Put your hand down. I don't know, but I wonder if anyone here feels that God might be calling them to full-time service. Can I pray for you too? Would you slip your hand up? One, two, have raised their hand. Anyone else? God might be calling you, might be calling you to full-time service. Thank you. I see your hand a third. Anyone else today? Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of being involved with your work in the harvest fields down here on earth, and they're always ready to be reaped. And Father, I do pray for everyone who raised their hand a moment ago about helping to hold the ropes and getting involved. Praying and giving to help support missions. And Father, I don't know how many in their homes watching over the internet have made a likewise indication or commitment. But Father, it's my prayer that the whole church do it. I do it. And I hope the whole church will follow my example and be involved and give a portion above their tithes, a portion to missions. I pray for those three that raised their hand just a moment ago about serving you, Lord. And this is no small decision. This is a a wonderful decision. And I pray, Father God, that you would please open the door for them. Lord, open the door. Help them while we still have time to find that field of service. Bless them, I pray, with peace. And Father, I don't know if there be anyone here not yet saved or watching over the Internet. Please show them they must come to Christ before it's too late. Father, move on their heart to come and see me after the service and talk about this. We love you so much, Lord, and thank you for what you've been doing and are continuing to do through us, this little church, this little church that loves you. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.